Grab some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, welcome to another week of the Frontier Freedom Hour, broadcasting from deep inside the leftist lunacy of Colorado. Oh, my goodness. So you guys probably saw all the special session that we had on our tax policies here. And you all know that come January, you're going to have, on average, a 40% increase in your property taxes, thanks to uh, the fact that the state got rid of Gallagher. All right, We are in this position because we put ourselves in this position. And if only the voters of Colorado had listened to the Centennial Institute, Michael Arpaio, if they had actually listened to us, Everything would be better, but they didn't. And a few years ago, we decided to get rid of Gallagher. So what did Gallagher do? Gallagher put most of the property tax burden upon businesses. So yes, it was not easy for businesses in the state of Colorado, but it took the property tax burden off of residential homeowners. Well, the voters of Colorado decided to get rid of that. So now we have put more of the property tax burden upon property owners and less upon commercial businesses. That is why all of you are going to see property tax increases in your tax assessments coming in January. So what did the Democrats in the state of Colorado propose? Well, they proposed Proposition HH, which is we will reduce a little bit of your property tax burden in exchange, you need to give us your Tabor refund. And the voters are like, absolutely not. We love our taxpayer bill of rights. You're not going to take it. So the voters of Colorado sent that down in a blaze of glory, 19-point defeat for all the leftist lunacy of the state. We are at least fiscally kind of responsible when it comes to our state policy. So then we have a special session. And what happens at the special session? Well, at the special session, they essentially passed another version of Proposition HH because that's what happens when the Democrats are in control here. They don't really listen to the voters. They did this on oil and gas issues, and they just kind of run their agenda through anyways. So they didn't get rid of all of your Tabor refund. They just decided to redistribute it. So if you were expecting a bigger Tabor refund because you paid more in taxes, that's not going to happen because they felt that middle and lower class citizens of Colorado deserved more of your Tabor refund. So it's hashtag equity time in the state of Colorado. So here I am debating Senate Democrats on Twitter, and they land this nugget. Jeff, we have tried tax cuts and lowering the tax burden and spending and it was an epic disaster. Have you not seen what happened in Kansas under Sam Brownback's administration? Well, no, I didn't know what happened in Kansas under Sam Brownback's administration. So I go and Google. It. It's called the Kansas Experiment. And oh my goodness, Google finds this to be an epic disaster. The lessons from the Kansas Experiment. Kansas provides compelling evidence of failure and supply-side tax policy. You just go through it over and over and over again. And then they made a documentary on The Atlantic about it. 
Brownback's failed tax cut experiment in Kansas. So I'm looking through all this, and all these articles are saying, if you cut taxes and you cut spending, the state suffers in a tremendous way. Well, you know how I feel about the media. So I start to look around because I don't really trust the media. And I run into this great book, What Was Really the Matter with the Kansas Tax Plan? It's written by Dave Traubert. And Dave Traubert serves as the CEO of the Kansas Policy Institute. And I thought, well, this guy is going to know better than anybody else what really happened in Kansas. Since the Democrats here in the state are going to use this as a sledgehammer to stop any effort to cut taxes and spending in the state, we got to get the real news, the real story. And so Dave Traubert is joining us, friends, on the show today. Dave, thanks so much for being here. Thanks. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, Dave. So what's the real story with Kansas? Is it really a huge disaster that Sam Brownback brought in? And uh, is the state now a wasteland of uh, failed conservative economic policies? Well, to begin with, most of, as you've kind of experienced already, most of what was written about the Kansas tax plan was not true. And it, in many cases, uh, and I would dare say, as with the Atlantic, it was deliberately not true because the facts are all out there. Uh, yes, there were some big uh, avoidable mistakes made in Kansas, but it wasn't the concept of cutting taxes. It was how Sam Brownback went about trying to implement a tax cut. So, for example, you may have heard that, oh, spending was decimated, and then we had all these uh, horrible deficits, and then they had to uh, do the right thing and raise taxes again. Well, state spending increased. It was not decreased. Uh, uh, under, Sam, under Sam, state spending increased? Huh. Yes, wow. it did. Now, here's, here's the rub didn't increase as much as government entities wanted. So in their minds, it's a cut. It's like, I'm asking for a $10 increase and you only gave me eight. <laughs> so you gave me a $2 cut. This is, this is like uh, when Joe Biden claims all of his success on reducing inflation. Uh, it, it, it has gone up, you know, 15%. But this week it only went up 3%. So, you know, look at the change. <laughs> yeah, so it, it increased. But, but here was the, big, the biggest problem. There were a number of issues. But the biggest problem was when that bill was signed, everybody knew that the state was going, would go bankrupt in two years if some other changes weren't put in place. There were plenty of changes that could have been put in place. But in some cases, including Governor Brownback, he wouldn't pursue the very realistic uh, efficiency opportunities that existed. In other cases, you had Democrats and, and even some Republicans who wouldn't pursue it for political reasons. So there was, there was almost this burn-it-down mentality they a lot of people in the capital wanted tax relief to fail you see when governor brownback was elected 
it was he was the first conservative elected governor in about 50 years. Now, that might sound uh, unplausible in what's uh, known as a, a big red state, but it's just reality. There were Republicans elected, but they weren't conservatives. And so from the first day after Brownback was elected, plans were put in place to make sure that that never happened again. We will never have another conservative governor. And so a year later, he comes out with his tax idea, and there were people on both sides of the aisle who wanted it to burn to the ground so that it looked like tax reform would never happen. Because what's the opposite of tax relief? Spending increases. They all know that if you don't take in as much revenue, you won't be able to spend as much. And, and that was that combined with never wanting a conservative governor among the moderate Republicans and the Democrats really pushed the, the biggest part of the issue. And unfortunately, Governor Brownback played into it because he was a big champion of cutting taxes, but he wouldn't do what was necessary to balance the budget. You know, this wasn't like today's uh, economic environment where states are rolling in money because they're profiting from inflation. Inflation just doesn't raise prices on food. It raises your taxes. Price goes up, you're paying higher sales tax. If employers try to make up for some of the inflation by giving you a little bit larger pay increase, the taxes go up. Government profits from inflation. Well, back in those days, Kansas was running a a small surplus but it was an enormous tax cut that got signed into law. And they knew they had to do something within two years. And the plan was on paper. There were many opportunities. In fact, we did some research showing that um, a one-time adjustment to spending of about 8.5%, which you know could have been 2 or 3% a year for a few years, just not cutting services, just reducing a little bit of unnecessary inefficient spending. And the opportunities were there, but the legislators wouldn't, and Governor Brownback would not push to have those things put in place. Hmm. It was a deliberate, almost, you could say, almost a deliberate failure of that tax plan. But at the same time, Kansas had all these uh, uh, very well-publicized challenges. Other states were very successfully cutting taxes. And so this, again, is where the, there is zeroed journalistic integrity among people like the Atlantic who write these things because, you know, if nine out of ten states do it well, how do you say, well, it failed there, so it's going to fail everywhere? Of course it's not. Indiana, North Carolina, Tennessee, other states were all successfully cutting taxes. Since then, many more have cut taxes, and none of them had the Kansas challenge. So what we have to look at is what really happened in Kansas. And that's what we are going to be talking about. Friends, you're listening to Dave Traubert. He's the CEO of the Kansas Policy Institute, because you need to be ready and equipped to deal with this argument coming from the radical left that cutting taxes and spending somehow harms the state. That's going to be what they push during this next legislative session. So we'll continue this conversation and more on the Centennial Institute's Frontier Freedom Hour. We'll be right back after these messages.